Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us today for this message. You're listening to the eighth in our series called Hashtag Throwback. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. If you guys don't mind staying standing for just a second, we have a tradition here at Kingdom Church. And uh, we just like to read an opening passage of scripture. And uh, then I just share a title with you. We just want to keep our hearts in a position to receive. So if you're ready to receive, can you just shout, I'm ready. Come on, somebody. That was good. That was good. We're continuing our series through the book of Genesis. This passage I'm about to read, it really is not going to bless you in any way. However, it's where the title of our message comes from. So Genesis 29 verse 26 says this. It says, Laban replied, it is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week. Someone say this. Finish this daughter's bridal week and then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. I want to call our message this morning, hashtag sister wives, hashtag sister wives. Hey, can we clap our hands for the worship team? Thank you guys so much for leading us. Hey, you guys can take a seat. So glad that you guys could be here. My name's Harrison. I'm the pastor here. And if it's your first time at Kingdom Church, man, we hope you feel welcomed. Uh, We love you. And we're just so glad that you could be here. Uh, If anyone's looking for a seat. Hopefully you can find one. If not, someone will grab you a seat. Uh, So glad you guys could be here. Uh, If you guys have been around Kingdom Church for any extended period of time, uh, there's one thing that you should know about me if you don't know already. Uh, I love a good love story. Come on, somebody. Anyone love a good love story? A few people. Like like my favorite genre of movies uh, is the romantic comedies. I love the rom-coms, love all the Nicholas Sparks books that have become movies, love the notebook, the vow, (laughs) dear John, come on somebody, I could just, I love them all, and uh, it's funny, some people get excited on Netflix, you know, like when new things come out, like Stranger Things or uh, whatever, but we get really excited when like a new romantic comedy drops on Netflix, because like we know, okay, Saturday night, ready to go, let's go, but uh, I don't just, I don't just love uh, love stories, the movies, I kind of just in, in all aspects of life. And so something happened uh, a little while ago that hasn't really happened much in the last six months. Uh, but Christy and I actually met new people. I know it's crazy to, to think about that. Well, we met, we met uh, some new people. Uh, we met a couple uh, through a couple friend of ours. And so when we met them and when I meet couples, I generally ask them uh, a pretty simple question. Um, but I just asked them, I said, hey, how did you guys meet each other? And... Uh, <clears throat> Their answer was really interesting. They said, well, actually, uh, we can't really remember when we first met each other. Uh, We sort of just, you know, we've always kind of known each other. Now, uh, they've been married, I think, six or seven years. And I understand, like, as life goes on, there's some things you forget within a relationship, like maybe an anniversary, like what year it is. You forget the milk your husband asked you to get. Whatever it is. But if there's one thing, like, you never really forget, it's how you guys met each other. And so I thought it was kind of suspect but I didn't really push further. And then our friends later on afterwards, the friends that introduced us to the couple, they said, yeah, that was really weird. I don't know why they said that because they know exactly when they met. And I was like, well, what what was the story? And uh, it wasn't me. It was Christy, actually, that uh, they told this to. And she said, well, actually, the reason they don't talk about it very much is because they met because she was in grade 12 and he was her teacher. And 
I was like, okay, forbidden love. Um, just to put your minds at ease, they met each other. That's, that's it. That's just, they met each other because uh, they couldn't go any further because that would be illegal. Uh, but good to know. Uh, anyways, you're like, why is Harrison telling me this story? Well, the fact of the matter is, we're going to look at a love story this morning. We're, we're going to look at some things that are actually straight up illegal uh, in our culture, in our society today. And so I thought, why not introduce us? Why not ease us in uh, by telling you guys a love story, a modern day love story? Uh, if you guys have been with us, uh, we're in part eight. Can you guys believe that? Part eight. This is officially the longest series at Kiss Kingdom Church. Part eight. Uh, of our series called Hashtag Throwback, going through the book of Genesis. Can you guys make some noise? How many of you guys have been here for any part of this series? So good. So uh, Genesis, it's kind of been broken up by major characters, and uh, this will be the third week. We're going to be looking at a character by the name of Jacob. Anyone here for Pastor Brett last week? I know Andrell asked it. Can you guys come on? Let's make some noise. He brought a word to us. And so what I want to do, uh, if you guys were here last week, we were in Genesis 35. I actually want to move backwards a little bit. And what I want to do is I want to go to Genesis 29 and I want to look at the love story of Jacob. Now, if you guys have been with us through this series, one thing I've said is the book of Genesis is an ancient book. It's the very first book in our Bible. And so the customs and the practices are much different in that time than they are today. And so in our story today, as we look at the love story of Jacob, I need you all to know it's not going to be a traditional love story. Jacob's going to do some things that, again, in our culture are just straight up illegal. You cannot have two wives. If you're having thoughts, calm down. Stop it. It's funny, I remember um, a number of years ago, someone came into my office, and uh, he was like, hey, you know, in the Bible, he said pretty much every major character uh, in the Old Testament, but even Genesis, pretty much all of them had multiple wives. He said, therefore, God must want us to have multiple wives. If you guys were here two weeks ago, Jacob dressed up as his brother Esau and put goat skin all over himself, so I'm not sure if like, that's we're taking cues now from what they did. And so this is really important because what we're going to do this morning, I want to go through the story. And more than probably any sermon I've ever preached here, we're like literally going to go through this thing verse by verse and just pull things out. But I need us to understand this. And this can help you not only today, but in your biblical readings, specifically when it comes to the Old Testament uh, and specifically narratives. You see, what you need to understand, when we read narratives in the book of Genesis, we are not reading them in order that we can understand and learn theological principles. I need you guys to see this, because if we read it and just said, everything they do, that must be what I ought to do, you're going to end up in a world of trouble, and you may have a couple of wives. Instead, as we go through this, we're not so much looking at principles, but more so what are the practicalities that we can take from this story and bring into our lives today. And the purpose of these books are written was not even to tell us how to live, but it was more so to show us how God has interacted with us and how God shows up many times in the midst of our mess. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to go through Jacob's messed up love story, and I want to take a few things. Once again, are you guys ready for this? 
All right, we're going to go for a journey. Genesis 29, a little context before we read. Uh, we're kind of picking it up where I left off two weeks ago in a sense. Jacob has deceived his brother Esau. If you weren't there, all you need to know is that Jacob tricked Esau. Esau's ticked off, and so Jacob is on the run. His mom says, hey, Jacob, go to the land in the east. Go find my uncle and go marry one of his daughters. Wait a second, would that be his cousin? Yes. Ain't nothing wrong with it back then, and in fact, there's still many cultures that do it today. I'm not giving you advice. I'm just letting you guys know. And so Jacob, he leaves, and he goes to his uncle Laban's land. And so where we pick it up in Genesis chapter 29, Jacob has ran into a group of shepherds. And as he's run into them, he's asked them a question. He says, is this my uncle Laban's land? The shepherds say, yep, you're in the right spot. In fact, here comes his daughter now. Everyone following? No one? Anyone following? Okay, let's go. Genesis 29 verse 9 says this. It says, while Jacob was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherd. When Jacob saw Rachel's daughter of his uncle Laban and Laban's sheep, I love this part, he went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and watered his uncle's sheep. Why is he doing this? It's a classic man thing to do. He sees a girl he's kind of attracted to, so he's like, I see a big stone, I'm going to roll it away, and she's going to see how muscular I am. In fact, I'm going to go water the sheep. It's not even watering time, but I need to impress Rachel. Anyone ever done something to impress someone before? That's what Jacob is doing here. And so Rachel sees him, and it says in verse 11, then Jacob kissed Rachel, not on the lips, just more of a customary greeting on the cheeks. But here's where it gets weird. It says, Jacob began to weep aloud. Y'all remember your first kiss? Anyone cry afterwards? Like, oh my gosh. Now, uh, we don't exactly know uh, why he's crying. And now for some of us, it's like you, this could happen and you'd be like, oh my gosh, stay away. This guy's like a stage five clinger. For some of us, but for some of y'all, I understand you just saw Jacob roll away the stone and now he's crying. You're like, oh man, he's got muscle and he's got a sensitive side. Mm-mm-mm. Husband material. And so it goes one of two ways. Either way, here's what I want us to understand. The moment that Jacob saw Rachel, he was in love. This is love at first sight. This is like, oh my gosh. She's so beautiful that he begins to weep. Jacob loves Rachel. Now, as we go through this story, we're going to see like every great love story, like every great romantic comedy, there's the love and then there's the conflict. Genesis 29 verse 16 says this. It says, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Let me translate this ancient literature for you guys. Rachel had all the right curves in all the right places. Come on, somebody. Leah, I love the Bible too because it's just savage, right? Leah had weak eyes. What that means, like she was weak on the eyes. Like she wasn't exactly a looker. Like she just, Rachel had it going on. Leah, not so much. Turn to the person next to you, say, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Now, this is a funny and humorous point, but this is very important as we go through this story because what the Bible is setting up and what the Bible is showing us is that there is a divide between these two sisters. We have Rachel on one hand, who's got it going on, who Jacob loves, who Jacob's crying over, and then we have Leah, who's not so easy on the eyes. 
And so what happens is Jacob gets, gets so excited. He's like, you know what? He's like, Laban, 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 Laban. I want to marry Rachel. I want to marry her. I'll work for you. He's like, I'll work for you for seven years if you let me marry her. Laban's like, seven years? I would have taken seven months, but okay. Right? You guys ever make like, a deal before? Like, you're just so excited. You want something so bad, like you just overshoot it. Anyone do that in like a house before? And uh, so he says, I'll work for you for seven years. And it says, Jacob was in love with Rachel. That's what it says. Jacob was in love with Rachel. And so Jacob, working like a slave for seven years, doing his thing, and then seven years go by, Genesis 29, verse 21. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed, and I want to make love to her. Now, I'm just, I told you, we're just going through this story. Here's a little advice for, for prospective son-in-laws to their father-in-laws. There's probably a few nicer words you could say about your future wife. Like, hey, I'm really, I want to start my life with her. Like, I want to have a family. Jacob's like, I want to make love with her. I want to have sex. Like, it's been seven long years. I'm ready. And so what happens is Laban brought together all the people of the place, and he gave them a feast. And so there's this wedding. It's going to happen. Jacob is finally going to get his bride, Rachel. But in verse 23, it says, but, someone shout, but. When evening came, Laban took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and Jacob made love to her. So what happens is that the party happens. Jacob thinks he's getting married to Rachel, but then when they go to the tent, it's a dark tent. What happens is, is, is Laban comes, and Laban switches out Rachel for Leah, and Jacob sleeps with Leah, making him her wife. Now, as I read that, I got a couple of questions. Come on, somebody. Question number one, how dark was this tent? <laughs> like, the darkest place in the world. More questions. What was Leah saying the whole time? Like, Jacob's like, I love you, Rachel. She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, bigger question is this, though. As, as, as Leah was going to the tent, as Laban was taking her, what was Leah saying? Like, Dad, where are we going? Like, this is not the place to go, but what happens, everyone see this, is that Jacob is tricked. And instead of getting the one that he loves, Rachel, he marries Leah. <laughs> I love verse 25. It says, when morning came, there was Leah. It was Leah. <laughs> like, it was a big surprise. Like, when the lights finally came on. How many guys the lights came on before, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, that is not what I thought. <laughs> I'm not talking in any way. Don't take that in any way. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Why have you deceived me? Now, this is a very important question. Because if you guys were with us a few weeks ago, we looked at the story of Jacob, and Pastor Brett talked in it last week, but Jacob had this reputation and Jacob, because of what he had done, he stole his brother's blessing. He tricked him out of his birthright. Jacob's name became known as deceiver. Jacob was literally deceiver. And so now Jacob asks this ironic question. He says, Laban, why have you deceived me? The deceiver is asking, why have I now been deceived? I'm going to get back to the story in a second, but I want to make a sidebar here really quickly. In life... Do not be surprised when you are treated the same way that you treat people. Do not be surprised when you are treated the same way you treat people. 
Jacob was a deceiver, and so then he got deceived. Can I tell you something? If you are a liar, if you are a cheater, do not be surprised if people lie to you, if people cheat you. Listen, I hear things all the time. It's like, you know what? Like, I just, I can't believe it. I don't know why, but so many people talk about me. Like, everyone, why is their name on my mouth? Anyone, you ever heard that before? Like, keep your name. Why are people talking about me? And the question I always ask is, do you talk about other people? Because chances are, the way that we do things, people will treat us the same way. If you're a boss, if you're a CEO, it's like, man, like, I just, I, I want my company, I want my employees to love me. I want them to serve me. Here's the question. What do you do to them? How do you treat them? Do not be surprised when we're treated the same way that we treat other people. Now, understand this. I don't believe in a karma, like it's a karma thing, like karma marga, no. I just believe it's a principle that people will generally treat you how you treat them. In fact, I think that Jesus actually says something about this. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Listen, we can't change other people. It's like, man, I just want to change everyone so everyone loves me and everyone respects me. If they would just change. Listen, we cannot change other people. All we can control is ourselves. And so what Jesus says, says, and this is called the golden rule. He says, above all, even at inconvenience to yourself at times, treat people how you want to be treated. Listen, live in such a way where people have a very hard time saying bad things about you. Where they can't gossip about you. Well, I'm just so mad people talk about me. Well, how are you living? Are you giving them ammo? Don't give them ammo. Don't be surprised when you are treated the way you treat other people. And so Jacob, did he deserve to be deceived? Probably not. Jacob worked. He was honest. His brother Esau probably like, yeah, he had it coming. But Jacob really didn't do anything to deserve it. But here's the reality. Jacob's past is now following him into the present. And so listen, in this series, man, we talk about the grace of God, and the grace of God is ever-present. And God forgives, God restores, and God redeems. But what happens is sometimes God forgives us, but people don't. And our past follows us. And so Jacob's past is following him. And now what we're going to see is one of the greatest conflicts in Jacob's life is a result of him, the deceiver, being deceived. Everyone following? And so Jacob says, uh, why did you deceive me? Genesis 29, 26, Laban replies, it is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish the daughter's bridal week. Then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And so what happens if we do the math Jacob marries Rachel, and so Jacob has two, two wives, and it's going to take him about 14 years of work to finally pay it off. Now, what's really interesting is that nowhere in the book of Genesis, specifically in this story when it talks about Jacob having multiple wives, or really in any story where the people have multiple wives, nowhere is it condemned. Nowhere does it say that God was disapproved, God was not pleased. But what you need to understand is that in Genesis chapter 3, it sets the standard for what marriage is. Marriage is between one man and one woman, Adam and Eve and every man and woman, so on and so forth. 
And so the standard was set in Genesis chapter 3. And the reality is, as the Bible goes on, that's the standard it points back to. The only thing Jesus ever says about it is he quotes Genesis chapter 3. And so the standard is set. This is what a relationship is. So some people wonder, why, isn't, why doesn't God condemn it at every turn? God doesn't need to condemn it. What the book of Genesis does, instead of condemning polygamy, it shows us the disastrous results that come with it. It shows us the consequences of when we step outside of God's picture for relationships. He doesn't need to condemn it. The story condemns it itself. And so Jacob, because some people are like, oh my gosh, two wives. Come on, somebody. But what we're going to see is that it doesn't exactly work out that way. When we step outside of God's design, everyone in the relationship eventually suffers. Genesis 29, 30 says this. It says, Jacob made love to Rachel, and his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. And so when we know the story, it kind of makes sense. We can't really fault him for loving Rachel more. Rachel was the one that he always wanted. But listen, sometimes in life, it's not about what you wanted. It's about what you now have. So he loved Rachel, but he didn't love Leah. But I love this, verse 31. It says, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. Listen to this. Even times when we step outside of God's design, God still has a heart for us. God looked down on Leah and his heart hurt for her. When he saw that she was unloved, she enabled her to conceive. And so now what's very interesting in this story is a dichotomy is now presented. We have Rachel and we have Leah. Rachel is the one that Jacob loves. Leah is the unloved one. Now, what happens is Leah is able to have kids. And as the story goes on, what we will see is that Rachel becomes very jealous of Leah because she can have children. But what's so interesting as you read the story is that Leah is jealous of Rachel because Rachel can have Jacob. Rachel loves Jacob. Jacob loves Rachel. And so as the story goes on, what we're going to see is a picture of a bunch of miserable people specifically Rachel and Leah. And what's so ironic about this story is that they are both discontent because they think that they lack something. I'm missing something. Rachel says, I can't have kids. I'm missing something. Leah says, I have kids, but I don't have love. I'm missing something. And so what happens as the story goes on, Rachel and Leah become jealous of each other. Here's the ironic part. They are both jealous of each other, but what they do not realize is both of them are miserable. And so the person they're actually jealous of, the person they want to be so badly, has no peace. Listen, Rachel has it going on on the outside, all the right curves, but she's empty on the inside. And Leah's jealous. Leah's fruitful on the inside, but empty on the outside, and so Rachel's jealous. Write this one down. Appearances can be deceiving. Appearances can be deceiving. Have, have you guys ever looked at something? Have you guys ever looked at someone and been like, man, if my life was just like that, if, if I just had that, then I would be happy. If I just had, had, had that relationship, if I just had that house, you want to know the problem with that? is we're making these distinctions, we're, making these, the, the, we're having these thoughts, but we're just at a distance. We, we can't see deeper. 
Rachel and Leah have these thoughts, but they can't see deeper. It's just, it's just a picture. It's like we all thought Ellen DeGeneres was the nicest person ever, but then people close had a different picture because appearances can be deceiving. And I wonder how many of us are longing after something way over there because it looks good in the distance, because it looks good on Instagram, and we despise what we have right now. It's like, I want that, because appearances can be deceiving. It's like, I've told you guys, both of us, Christy and myself, in this eight-week series that um, we're in the process of trying to sell our house and the reason we keep telling you guys that is because our house has not sold yet so y'all gotta pray um, but we're trying to, to trying to sell our house trying to move to St. Albert uh, trying to plant some roots here and uh, one thing that if you guys have ever looked for property uh, had a real estate agent you kind of know the process uh, your realtor generally will send you these listings right um, you get it uh, on your computer, on your phone. And uh, one thing that's happened in the process of, of kind of um, this whole thing is you get the listing, you, you see the ones that you like, and you say, hey, can we go see those ones, right? These are the ones we want to see. And uh, it's funny because throughout this process, time and time again, there'd be homes that, like, we see on our phone, on the computer, and we look at it, we scroll through it, we see the price, we see the specs, and we're like, yeah, this is the house for us. going to raise our family there. And then we get to the house, and it's like, oh, that's why it was so cheap. It's like, oh, that's what a house in 1963 looks like. You guys ever been there? Right? Because appearances can be deceiving. Now, let me ask you this. If I came here next week and I was like, hey, you know what? Christy and I were on our phone last week. We saw a house we really liked. We put an offer, and we bought it. You guys would be like, you guys are stupid. Like, you need to see it. You need to actually experience it. You need to go deeper because appearances can be deceiving. Now, we understand that in the picture, but so many of us live our lives like this. We're looking at things. We're looking at people. We're looking at companies. We're looking at profiles from a distance and saying, if I just had that. My gosh, that's the perfect marriage. Leah said, Rachel has everything I wanted. Yet, at the very same time, Rachel is saying, Leah has everything I want. You see, Rachel is a metaphor. She's a metaphor for having all this stuff on the outward, but she's empty inside. Listen to this, church. If you have everything outwardly but no peace inwardly, you're not going to be content. But, but we live in this culture of more, right? And, and the more culture says, I need, to, I need to acquire more wealth. I need to acquire more followers. I need, I need more. And so we chase, and we chase, and we chase. It's a, it's a new phone. It's the iPhone 11. It's a, no, Android, that's not better. It's a new house. It's a, it's a new car. And we chase. Any guys ever wanted something really, really badly? And then when you got it, like two days later, you didn't care anymore? So we chase, and we chase, and we chase. You see, what happens, and the reason we do this, is because we don't fully understand our issue. We think our issue is that I need more things. What we're going to see in this story with Rachel and Leah is they, keep, they begin to think that their issue is the other person. My issue is just my sister. She has all that I need. My, that's my issue. But listen, if you do not understand your issue properly, you will go about the wrong way to try to fix it. That's why we chase more. Because we think more is the answer. It's like my, my, my very first car I had was a 1997 Saturn S Series Red and beautiful. 
And the reason that it died is because my engine exploded. And the reason my engine exploded is because I ran out of oil. And the reason I ran out of oil is because when my low oil light, light came on, I thought that meant I needed an oil change. But what it meant was that my oil is leaking. And if I'm just being honest, what I thought it meant originally was that my windshield wiper fluid was low. <laughs> so my engine exploded. Why am I telling you this? If you do not know what your issue is, you won't know how to fix it. Can I tell you something, church? Whatever issue you have in life, it's not another person. It's not a possession. It's not a place. It's not a title. It's not like, man, I just need a thousand more followers, then I'll be. It's, that's not the issue. If you don't know the issue, you will try to solve it at a surface level. This is what happens in the story. Genesis 29. Leah can conceive. And so she thinks, if I just give Jacob kids, then he'll love me. If I'm just a mother, then he'll love me. This is so sad. Verse 32. It says, Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. Every name in, in Genesis has meaning. His name went because, he says, I named him Reuben, for she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. My husband doesn't love me. God has seen my misery. Maybe this child will attach him to me. Maybe this will make him love me. Love me. As I went through this, this whole story this week, I was like, man, I could preach a fire relationship sermon from this. So I might come back here in February, but here's some quick relationship advice. If you think you have to do something to make them love you, you're not in the right relationship. You're not in the right relationship. But this is the pattern of addiction, right? I just, maybe then, maybe then, maybe then, maybe then. And we get in these patterns, right? Because maybe for a moment, maybe for a moment when that baby was born, Jacob felt something, right? But then it, it waned. And so she has another kid. And another kid, a third kid, a third son. Look what she names him. Again, she conceived, verse 34, and gave birth to a son. And she said, now at last my husband become attached to me. Because I have borne him three sons. So he named him Levi. But the result's the same. Jacob doesn't love her. Because the issue was never the fact that she could or could not have kids. That wasn't the problem. But she thought that was the solution. Is everyone following? Yeah. So if you have the wrong solution to the problem, you'll never find peace. And so I want us to see this because it's painting very clearly that Leah is miserable. She's miserable because she's trying to fill the desires of her heart in the wrong way. Genesis 30, verse 1, it says, When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. That, the reason I want us to see Leah is because that is what Rachel is jealous of. The person that is crying herself to sleep and saying, Why doesn't my husband love me? Can I tell you something? I wonder if there are people in this room that are longing after something, but the thing that you are longing after, the person you are longing after, you have exactly what they desire. You have what they want what you so desperately want. So she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Traumatic. <laughs> Jacob became angry with her and he says, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? <laughs> Jacob asked to say, I'm not sure if you've been looking around, but I'm working. Like we're all good here. 
You're the issue. Then she said, Rachel, and this is another common theme that we see in Genesis. She says, here is Bilah, my servant. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me, and I too can build a family through here, through her. You see, when we go about trying to solve our problems the wrong way, we become desperate. We become desperate because we're doing all of these things. I'm chasing, I'm chasing, but I have no peace. And so when we're desperate, we will do anything that we can to fix our problems. And so Rachel becomes desperate. We saw this before. Abraham and Sarah became desperate. They become desperate, and so they say, hey, here's my servant. Here's my servant. But desperation often becomes our downfall. A great preacher, my wife, said that a few weeks ago. Desperation becomes your downfall. But here's what I want us to see. Rachel, when she has troubles, when she has problems, she runs to Jacob. Because she thinks Jacob is my problem. That's my problem. Here's the thing. Here's a question I want us to ask. Where do your struggles take you? Where do your struggles take you? You see, at the very end of the day, the plot of our life is not to live a life free of trouble. It's not to live a life free of conflict. The the, the reality of our lives is that we will have struggles. Jesus says, in this life, you will have trouble. So encouraging, Jesus. But the second part, he says, but, someone shout but. He says, be of good courage, for I have overcome the world. So so listen, in this life, you will have trouble. It's going to happen. The question is, where does your trouble take you? Rachel goes to Jacob. This is my problem. Jacob, fix it. Jacob could not fix neither Rachel or Leah's problem because he wasn't the answer. In this life, you will have troubles. Where do your struggles take you? Listen, in this season of COVID, it's six months. And for a lot of us, man, it's been high anxiety. It's been high stress. Things are changing every single day. The question I want to ask is, in this time of stress, in this hardship, where have you gone? What's your pattern been? For some of us, like, man, I just go to the news. Just got to get on the CBC. I got to know because Tuesday we were at 345 cases. And last Tuesday it was 347. And I just can't live. Where do your struggles take you? You see, the issue is not in life that we will have hardships. It's where do we go? If we're looking to a place, we're looking to a person, we're looking to a thing to fulfill us, we will never find peace. Jacob was not the answer to Rachel's problems. You see what happens, and the Bible shows this, because Rachel's issue wasn't even that she couldn't get pregnant. And I'll show you how we know this. Because what happens is that God in his mercy and God in his grace, he allows Rachel to become pregnant. But look what it says. Verse 23, it says, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And she said, God has taken away my disgrace. So she named him Joseph. Doesn't say I'm happy to have a son. She's like, I'm not disgraced anymore. Because her real issue was never kids. It was people's perception of her. But the solution was not kids. You want to know why we know this? Look what she says next. May the Lord add to me another son. This is great. I just need one more. Because when we chase and we chase and we chase, you want to know what happens? You just keep chasing. You just keep chasing. We see this with both Rachel and Leah. Leah says, maybe this time my husband will love me. 
Can I tell you something, church? The only answer is to look deeper. Is to look deeper. Can I tell you something? May I suggest perhaps the hole, perhaps the void you are feeling in your life is a void that only one person and only one thing can fill, and that's Jesus. Perhaps in our times of struggles, in our low seasons, perhaps the only way we can find peace is to run to the arms of Jesus. So what happens is they go in these circles. We go in these circles. It's addiction, right? It's deeper and deeper into drugs. It's deeper and deeper into pornography because this might make me feel better, but the result is we chase and we chase. And so Leah chases. But I love what happens next because finally Leah realizes, you know what? I've been doing this. I've been going along this way, but it's not working. I'm still miserable. She has a fourth son. I want us to see this. Genesis 29. It says, so Leah conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, look at this, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. She said, I've tried it my way for too long. I've tried to gain the approval of people. I've tried to, but this time, someone shout, this time, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. She named him Judah. Listen to this church. Let's just stand for a second. I don't know what your pattern has been in this season or maybe in the last few years. I don't know your pattern. I don't know your problem, but I do know the solution. And it's Jesus. It is to run to the arms of Jesus and say, my hope is in you. My peace is in you. My love is in you. My joy is in you. I Jesus. You know what I love about Judah? The Bible tells us, it goes on, if you guys have been with us in this series, we're wrapping up next week. But God made a promise to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless the whole world through your descendants, through your seed. And so in the book of Matthew, we get this long genealogy, and it's this genealogy that many people skip through. It's just like Adam begot Seth, begot, 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 oh my gosh. But what I love and what we see in this genealogy, it goes through all of these names. It says Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob who was Israel. Now Jacob has 12 sons, and God could have chosen any of them. He could have chose Joseph, who was Rachel's son, the loved one, the prized one. But when we go through this genealogy, what the Bible tells us is that the seed of Jesus came through Judah. It came through Judah. Because here's the thing, two things. When we finally surrender, when we finally get it, God comes in and God takes control. And God does something that we could never do ourselves, and the whole world is blessed through Judah. But here's what I want us to see, even more than that, it's very specific. I think it's very specific why God chooses to come through Judah. It's because Leah was the rejected wife. And God has a heart for the rejected. God has a heart for the downtrodden. God has a heart for those that have been overlooked. And so listen, if there's someone in this room, you've been overlooked. People have looked past you. Listen to this. What man rejects, God selects. Come on, somebody. So listen, right here, right now, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. 
We just want to give you the opportunity. Listen to this. I know for so many of us, it's like, man, I've been caught in bad patterns. I've been chasing. I've been chasing. I've been chasing. I feel rejected. I feel like I'm not good enough. Guess what? The Father's arms are open today and every day. And so if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, we want to give you that opportunity. Our, our call is not to embarrass you. It's not to, it's not to put you on the spot. It's just to give you the opportunity to respond to the love and to the grace of Jesus. And so right here, right now, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you want to give your life to Jesus, maybe for the first time, maybe it's a recommitment to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to count to three and just show me your hand. Say, I want to follow Jesus. And one, two, three, just show me your hand. Let's pray this together, every single person, nice and loud. Let's say, dear Jesus, I need you. I need you now more than ever. I give you my everything. I give you my wins, and I give you my sins. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's clap our hands. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. If you want more information, we would love to get in touch with you. So why don't you head over to kingdomchurch.ca and connect with us today. Until next time, take care.